My name is Michael Brady from Partners for Karmic Freedom, soon to become Karmic Freedom, and I can be reached at uh, 802-323-6880 at karmicfreedom.com, our website, um, and karmicfreedom at gmail.com, email. Uh, And this is Michael's Mission, episode um, 12 on May 28th of 2023, over the Memorial Day weekend. Um, And I wanted to uh, talk today about meditation, more specifically about open-eyed meditation, because um, recently I've been um, developing the daily habit of taking a 15-mile bike ride in the mornings uh, between 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock in the morning to start my day. And uh, I use the bike ride as a meditational experience. Uh, So obviously I don't have my eyes closed. This is called open-eyed meditation. Um, And recently I was talking to a client about this and – they were very interested in hearing me talk about how that worked or how I do that on my bike ride. Um, so um, I was encouraged to make a podcast about it. So I'm, I'm going to do that now. And I'd like to, you to know that you should not be listening to this podcast while you're driving a car or doing something you know active like that that uh, you could get in trouble with because I'm going to be uh, asking or I'm going to be teaching you something about how to do this along the way. So you might um, cause a shift in yourself that you're not used to. Um, Just don't do it while you're driving a car for me or riding a bicycle right away right now, okay? Um, Do it walking uh, in this uh, exercise that I'm going to go through with you. Um, And later you can you can practice it in those other modalities because it is, after all, after all, an open-eyed form of meditation, which means that you can be engaged in your life while you're doing it. Actually, you can be engaged in doing anything in your life while you do it. Um, so the first thing to understand about open-eyed meditation is maybe meditation. What is meditation? Meditation is pretty much defined as... Um, of um, focusing on a particular thought, like one thought at a time. Well, even in a more general term, meditation is turning inward, turning into ourself, tuning into inside of ourself, inside of our psyche, inside of our mind, inside of our body, Um, as opposed to tuning out to the world out there. Okay, so... There's a paradoxical thing going on here because your physical eyes are going to be open and you're going to be tuned into the world in some way. And by definition in meditating, you're going to be tuned inward at the same time. And that's it's possible and it sounds paradoxical at the same time when you hear that up front. But, you know, there are animals in the world that uh, do uh, that do things like that. Uh, horses, for instance, or cows, any grazing animal has a physical structure in their eye that allows – or their eyes are structured or wired in such a way that um, – I'll, I'll use a horse as an example – can look down 
with their head down while they're eating grass. They can look directly at the grass they're eating that they're going to bite. And at the same time, simultaneously, they can look focally directly ahead of, up and ahead of them. They can watch the ground and look, scan the, the horizon at the same time in, in, in terms of uh, any threat that might um, appear in their environment. Um, you and I can't do that with our physical eyes. Physical eyes. We have to look at one thing at a time. We either look down or we look up focally. We can't do them simultaneously with our eyes, but with our minds we can do that. So that's really a version of what you're going to do with waking meditation. Uh, so uh, the first thing before you tune into yourself, turn into yourself, approach meditating, and I'm going to assume that you don't have any experience with this, um, is to focus on your breathing or, or to become aware of your breathing and to rapidly uh, use your breathing to connect to your body and physically space yourself out. You know, like when you were a little kid and on the playground and you... Um, spun around in circles until you felt dizzy and you fell down kind of thing. That that internal feeling or that body feeling we get of dizziness, uh, which often comes with drugs when you grow up, makes you kind of dizzy in a feel-good kind of way in your body. Um, that's what breathing will do for you. Breathing oxygen in the bloodstream does everything. And if you put a lot of oxygen in the bloodstream all at once – it makes your head go loose, if you if you will, or swim on you. Uh, and along with that, your body tends to start relaxing and to let go of muscles. And as we relax, we often, if we've been out of touch with our bodies from the neck down, begin to get more in touch with our bodies from the neck down, more connected to our bodies below our neck. So breathing is an important tool, not just in life, but in meditation in particular, because you want to have a diffusional approach to what you're doing rather than a focal approach to what you're doing on a lot of levels. Uh, meditation is about letting something happen rather than deciding or choosing or pushing what you want to happen without even talking about whether I mean your mind or your thoughts or your body or your emotions, any of it, all of it, generally speaking. So trying too hard is counter-meditational, you see. So um, breathing is a good thing to use to jolt yourself out of being so effortful or focal or disconnected and focal from your body and yourself. Uh, and the most basic way to do that is breathing in and out from your mouth, not your nose and your mouth or your nose, but your mouth. A lot of times when we try to breathe through our nose, um, we have sinus issues, we have allergies, we have a kind of things. It, it's, not often, it's not always easy to breathe through your nose, um, but you can always breathe in and out through your mouth. Except that if you're a heavy mouth breather, then you get a dry throat often. Uh, but at any rate, to uh, alter your, uh, to begin a meditational practice, it's always a good idea to begin with breathing. So you want to take, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 deep breaths with your mouth, in and out of your mouth, and you want to fill your lung. And I want you to think about your lungs as vertical, like your 
your upper chest, your chest, which is where your heart center is, uh, across your nipples, and then your stomach. And your stomach is below your sternum and all the way down to the bottom of you, to your groin, okay? So three general parts, the bottom, the middle, and the top of your body, the, the core of your body, the, the midline of your body is where you experience, feel your lungs operating. Even though they're actually on the side of your rib cages, we don't really feel our breath going into the side of our bodies. We feel it going up and down inside in that center line. So functionally, that's where you, your, your lungs are, so to speak. <clears throat> so you want to, when you breathe in, you want to take a big breath like that. And you want to feel the air, push the air all the way down to the bottom first. And then the mid part where your chest is, where your heart center is. And then the upper part of your chest, just below your, your Adam's apple. That's the top part of your lung or the top part of your chest. And I practiced this a lot over my life. So I can literally feel three parts of that all at one time. <gasps> That was like the bottom, the mid, the top. And I could feel each part of my lungs filling that way. Uh, it takes a little practice to get that isolation out. But if you just think about the the bottom first, you feel from the bottom to the top, and it can go in three steps, one, two, three. It will feel, you'll fill your entire lung. And the first time you manage to do this mechanically, you'll go, oh, that's what it's like to like fill my entire lung because most of the time we're breathing with a third of our lung capacity or less or half. And more often than not in our daily life, we're, we're, we're chest breathing, which is at the top of your lung. You're not really taking oxygen into the, the bottom of your lung um, too often. So um, five or 10 or, or 15 of those kind of breaths. <gasps> And you let go and you push the breath out. You have to push it out real hard, but mildly hard, uh, only hard, uh, hard enough that it doesn't feel uncomfortable in your throat or make you cough or rasp uh, and interrupt what you're doing. If you do that, if you're feeling you're pushing the air out too hard and it irritates your breathing, push a little softer. Stop and swallow and, and begin again and breathe a little softer. The trick is you want to get repetitions in there. Like that. Now, that's enough for me as a practice meditator to feel dizzy. I can feel my head starting to swim a little bit and my muscles begin to get jelly-like, feel relaxed in my arms and my legs and my trunk. When I string about five or ten of them together, I'm, I'm pretty zoned. Um, if you're a beginner, don't be discouraged. I mean, you might do that for like 15 or 20 times and think, uh, I'm not feeling much. Just keep going. Um, going until you feel something happen. And it will happen if you just take enough oxygen and you keep doing those breaths without stopping. At some point, your body will kick in, will tip, and you'll feel that response. And that's what you want. You want to feel yourself let go, relax, get a little dizzy, get a little spacey. Spacey is a good word, okay? Because 
when you're thinking in a meditational frame with your eyes open, when I'm thinking about things in a meditational way with my eyes open, usually while I'm doing something, in this case riding a bicycle, but in your case it'll be with walking in this example, um, I want to feel that dissociation. I want to feel that loosening of focus, of effort um, internally uh, in my mind and, and in my body, even though I'm being active and doing something at the same time. So if you use breathing to begin that feeling sensation in your body and your head, you're, you're at the ground level to begin doing a waking meditation. So you're taking a walk. You find a, a nature trail around you or your neighborhood or you go to – you can even do this in a mall, although with all the noise, if you're a beginner, it's probably going to be very distracting. But out in nature is a good idea. Um, so be, before you begin walking, do some breathing and loosen yourself up, loosen your muscles, loosen your focus, your mental Focus that day, you, you see, before you start to walk and your body, maybe you want to stretch your body a little bit um, just to get it smooth and operating before you start walking. And then start off on your walk and look at your first thing that you want to do, I always do, is I tune into my environment. I start really with intention looking at the trees around me or the squirrels or the people that are passing me by. I'm often on a, a, a trail here in Tampa when I do it. Um, and I do that for a little bit to, to, to feel myself connected with the sunlight or the trees or the air or the people or the nature or the animals. Um, I'm not searching intently, but I'm in a diffusional way attending, becoming conscious, wanting to notice things. Uh, and just what I feel, what I sense, that kind of thing. So it, it opens up your mind and your body to connecting to the environment first, okay? And then once you get rolling with that, like if you're going to walk for an hour, let's say, you know, for after five minutes or so or ten minutes, you're going to start to to lose track of what you're doing and, and walking becomes automatic, if you will, okay? And you may not as intentionally begin to look at things as I just described in the beginning. That begins to become second in nature, if you will. And then what happens? It's just like what happens when you're driving a car. Uh, most people don't know this, but they often have open-eyed meditations while they're driving a car spontaneously because it just happens there a lot. You know, you're driving in a car and you're thinking about where you're going to go. You got your mind on the on the destination. Let's say it's a half an hour drive. And about 10 minutes into that, especially if you don't have a lot of stop and go like traffic lights, if you get on a interstate or something and you're you're in traffic flowing traffic for most of the time. After a couple of minutes, 5 minutes or so, once you you locked on your destination with your focal mind, you stop paying attention uh, and your driving becomes automatic, all right? And what do we start doing? We start daydreaming, uh, you know, like your mind wanders while you're in the car driving down the highway kind of thing. That's a waking meditation. That's a open-eyed meditational state. Not where you have a laundry list and you're attacking it, but where 
you just drift off kind of thing in your mind while you're watching the road, while you're driving down the road. That's what you're going to start to do after five minutes, let's say, of tuning into the environment, and the environment becomes more automatic, and you start wandering around up there inside. And you work on being receptive, observing, rather than deciding and choosing and doing uh, to allow your unconscious mind, your 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 soul, your spirit guides, uh, your loved ones, uh, anybody and everybody you connect with your mind to, uh, to wander in or wander up out of you. Uh, old ideas come up. Um, you you start to daydream about a thing that happened to you in your childhood, and and your observer goes, "What the hell? Where did that come from? I'm, why did I remember that thing?" Those kind of things happen, and and that's exactly what you want to happen. Um, Now, that's a way to tune into yourself. And if you're walking for an hour, you can just sort of be curious while you're walking. Once in a while, you tune to say hello to somebody, but then it becomes automatic again, and you keep wandering back inside while your body's moving outside kind of thing. And you, you... have an interest. You hold an interest like, I wonder I wonder what will come up. I wonder what I'll think about. I wonder what's important for me to get in touch with. These are inquiries that encourage your, your mind to give you that information in a meditational way, asking a question and waiting for the answer to show up rather than figuring out the answer or making the answer happen kind of thing. That's what you're playing with here on the mental level. Now, that's one way to do either all of your meditation, your open-eye meditation, or part of it. The other way to do it is that you start walking. I often start a bike ride in the morning, and I woke up churning. You know, I've got some sort of tension in my body. I'm a little worried about, I don't know, uh, the clients I want to see that day or planning uh, my trip for June um, up to Baltimore or uh, having to go to the dentist, to, you know, all the things that that's on our laundry list during the day. I've got those things on my mind. Well, I get on the bike. First thing I do is I alter my breathing while I begin the ride and I open up my connection to my body through breathing and I relax a little bit even while I'm bicycling. And I... Um, shift over five minutes out of that general connection with the environment and the bike and the people around me and I begin to wander in my mind and what pops up is whatever I got out of bed with that day which is what's on my mind the stressful important things the the worry things the things that make me nervous or frustrate me that kind of thing that's a way to meditate too okay so once that show once you get to this place that i just described then you can pick now you're focusing your mind while you're riding a bicycle in my case or walking in your case you're focusing your mind your thoughts on one of those things the one thing that's bothering you the most maybe um so um You, you focus on that thought and then you ask yourself a question about the thought. I wonder if I can, I wonder if that will, I wonder how that'll go, I wonder 
what's important for me to those kind of questions okay you question whatever it is that you're focusing on and then you don't figure it out like up in our head we figure things out well we get this off of that shelf and that off of that shelf and we put it together with this and we think about it logically that's not what you doing you ask a question and you wait you just stay present in your mind to the question and while you go along something pops in, a thought wanders in. And it has that quality. It's a wander-in kind of feeling. If you've ever daydreamed, and I, I don't know anybody who doesn't in their whole life never has a daydream, but and it, you know, all of us spontaneously do this waking meditation, and we call it daydreaming mostly. Uh, <laughs> think about that, and that's how it's going to work. That's how it's going to feel. So let's say when you focus on something that you woke up with, it has an emotional component to it, like it makes you uptight, it makes you anxious or nervous, or it makes you worried or pissed off about something. Ah, well then, focus on the emotion. And while you're walking, and you can breathe anytime that you want to while you're doing this, you can throw in some deep breathing, five or ten breaths or so, uh, don't get so dizzy that you want to fall over, though. Okay, so just play it to the edge of that to where you feel that loose connection with yourself and more connected in a loose way. And focus on what is that feeling? And I suggest using glad, mad, sad, scared, and ashamed or slash guilty, six, five natural feelings, one distortion of shame, which I call guilt, um, to identify all your feeling flavors flavors, and then a scale of 10, 1 to 10, for the intensity of the flavor will give you all the vocabulary words that we normally use to discriminate our emotions. Um, So tune into what the feeling is, and then where, query, question, everything's a question. I wonder where the feeling is in my body, or it's coming from my mind, or it lives in me right now, those kind of questions. That's going to tune you in while you're walking at some point, to an answer. The answer is going to come up at you. It's going to come to you from the periphery of your mind. It's not going to be something that you figure out that is analytically derived, you see. And that's going to give you some information about the feeling. So what you feel and how strong it is and where is it coming from. So now you're tuning into your body because our emotions, glad, mad, sad, scared, ashamed, and guilty, occur between your neck and your groin physically in your body. So let's say that you're up, you're anxious about something. I was anxious about something this past week on my bike ride and, and I, I first tried to breathe through it. So it was in my heart center. I was feeling anxious in my heart center, which by the way, was a surprise. My observing mind went, hmm, when I was younger, when I was a kid, my karmic fear, which was my first karmic emotion in this lifetime that drove me as a child, was being scared. Oh, shit, I'm here. Um, uh, was in my gut. It was between my sternum and my root chakra. So maybe at my belly button or a little above my belly button. That's where my fear lived when I was growing up most of the time, were most of this life. But to this day, I'm riding a bicycle and it's at my heart center, at the heart band there. And I'm thinking, hmm, so scared in my heart today. So I started to, to wander, to wonder, wander, wonder, 
W-A-N-D-E-R, W-O-N-D-E-R, about my heart center. I started to think to myself, well, I'm riding a bicycle and I'm saying hi to somebody going by. I started to think to myself, uh, okay, scared heart center. I'm scared of what? Something with my heart, obviously, right? Because that's where it's occupying. Uh, so hearts are about love and binding and relationship. Something something about hearts and love and binding it and relationships are, are making me nervous, making me anxious. That would be the words, okay? And and in this case, if I if I use my model, it's scared, and it was operating at like a three out on a scale of ten. It's like low low level ground glass in my heart, kind of thing, and, or heart heartburn, heart indigestion. You know that kind of idea of what it felt like at at a three for me. And I woke up with it that morning. So I started to wonder, not think about, but wonder. Like, I wonder what that's about. Could that be about I need to be more public and do more podcasts? And, and, oh, and it's not going to be long. It's going to be less than a month. I'm going to be in Baltimore and seeing a hundred people, maybe more than a hundred people um, around Linda's celebration of life and people I hadn't seen or, or been in connection with in maybe 10 years, five years, 15 years, some people 20 years probably. Um, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity to have emotion because uh, it's, it's a wake and a life celebration. So there's going to be a mixture of um, – Pleasure and pain, sadness and happiness, uh, right? Uh, so I, I, I'm anticipating that, and I'm nervous about it. I'm, I'm anxious that uh, I won't do it well enough. I'm anxious that I'll uh, be too open. My emotions will be too open, and I won't be able to um, – my fear, my thought fear would be you know, that I won't be able to talk or I won't be able to be responsible about how I'm uh, playing my role there kind of thing. Um, those are thoughts going that are popping up in my head while I'm riding a bicycle. So I, I'd say to myself, okay, well, breathe the, breathe the anxiety out. It's, a, it's something I teach people. Breathe the fear out, Michael. So in this case, it's, it's emanating from my heart center. I started thinking about while I was <sighs> normally breathing just to ride the bicycle, but as I was breathing in and out, when I inhaled air into my body, I would think about inhaling energy through my heart center, into my heart, and then breathing out of my heart, energy into my heart and out of my heart, into my heart and out of my heart, in sync with my breath going in and out of my body. And I would I would suck in, I would breathe in uh, white light, positive energy, uh, love, peace, contentment, choose something. I can't remember what I used that day, but something... Soothing, comfortable, confident, um, calming, that kind of thing. Anti-fear, anti-fear energy, feeling. And then breathing any of the old or the uh, current anxiety, the, the, the scared out. So the positive in, the problematic, struggling fear out. And I was trying to breathe. I was intending to breathe the fear that I woke up with out of my body. So I'm trucking along and it's not working. I mean, I can feel some, I'm, I'm, 
feel myself breathing some of the fear out, but it won't go away enough. It won't go away completely. It won't go down enough to where it's still not bothersome, you know what I mean? Naggy kind of thing. So I was feeling disappointed while I'm riding my bicycle as a well-practiced meditator that I wasn't able to accomplish what I wanted to with myself at the moment. And I started to wonder about that. Like, I wonder what, why that is happening or how I can change that or why it's not working. Those are the kind of questions I might ask myself. I did ask myself along the way. And then again, waiting. I'm not trying to make the answer up, not trying to immediately go to an answer. I'm waiting to see what happens when I ask the question. And... What came to me while I was riding the bicycle this day around feeling anxious in my heart center was, well, beings you can't breathe the fear out, maybe you need to breathe yourself through the fear. You need to go into the fear, through the fear, and come out the other side. You come out of the other side of the fear rather than the fear being expelled from inside of you to outside of you. Hmm. I thought, that was a shit. And here's my observer. Hmm, that's a shift. I haven't, you know, and I, I don't think I've ever thought of that before. This moment of my life, I said to myself on the bicycle ride, uh, about it quite that way because the other method always has always worked enough kind of thing, but it wasn't working that day for me. So I started to, th- yeah, I started to think, intentionally think, while I'm breathing in and out, that, I'm going into the fear and I'm pushing my way through it so that I'm clearing myself out the other side of the fear, not getting the fear to leave me. And guess what? That worked over the five minutes more, let's say, or the 10 minutes more I was on my bicycle ride. And I had to throw in some breathing with it every once in a while. Um, all of us, you know, at some point I could feel. I was clear. I was now not empty of, but I was clear of the anxiety I woke up from. So I moved away from it. I didn't get it to move away from me. That worked. So that was a meditational practice that had to do with my emotions that day. My eyes are wide open. I'm riding a bicycle. I'm doing 15 miles. I'm talking to people, saying hi as I go by, that kind of thing, and paying attention to what I'm doing to the degree that you pay attention in a car when you're driving somewhere. And that happened. And then that cleared that. And then I started to pay, you know, I flipped and I started to pay attention to my environment again, like the trees around me or the or the breeze on my face as I was biking. Um things in my environment. Now, not not intensely, but just casually, casually. And I'm using my breath to keep shifting from focal tension to diffusional relaxation in my mind, in my eyes, in my body, in the way I'm seeing things, in the way I'm I'm relating to what I'm doing. Okay. Ease up, take it easy, do it gentle, let go. Those are the kind of things I'm saying to myself instructionally while I'm doing all this activity. And I'm fine, and I'm now connected to the environment. And then my mind, my soul, my angels, my guides, whoever, 
brought another idea into me. And I, right now while I'm talking to you, I can't remember exactly what the next pattern was, but I went down a laundry list. And it wasn't a laundry list that I had identified. It was in you know, what I would call a spiritual, an unconscious laundry list, one that I didn't know was in there or was in there and I didn't know of it in a conscious way. And most of that ride after that piece that I just exemplified was one thing after another would come up. And I'm floating along with whatever wants to come up until it's done. And then I'm tuning in again to the burn in my legs if I'm, if I'm having to pedal up a, a, a grade enough. Because uh, I'm only using a one-gear bicycle. Uh, I'm not using a derailleur uh, bicycle. So anything that's not flat or downhill, it's my muscles, my leg muscles that is getting the wheels to turn, not the gears. Um, and I'm getting leg burn with it, now, which, which I like. I want actually optimally. I don't want to, I don't want the other kind of bicycle. I want the bicycle I'm on. And I'm paying attention to that. And then another thought will wander into my mind. Uh, an example commonly is, uh, I connect with my soul when I'm on a bike ride. I can I have a conversation with my inner child every morning when I'm on a bike ride. I have a, I have a conversation. I connect with my wife, Linda, every time I'm on a bike ride. Um, so I'm, they either pop up or I wander into a desire to and, you know, Linda or my inner child or my soul uh, or it, or it could be a situation I'm going to have that day and I wonder what's going to how this is going to come out or how I'm going to handle that or okay and again it's not intense it's not driven it's a meandering wandering sense of what you're doing with your mind and with your body and with your emotions it's a curiosity rather than a identifying a list of things that need to be accomplished here kind of thing, shift in yourself with your eyes open while you're doing something. In this case, it would be walking for you. For me, it's a bike ride. That's a, that's a conscious, open-eyed meditational state. And the benefits of that? Well, I got rid of, you know, I woke up with um, low-level ground glass anxiety, you know, would be the street term, in my chest, in my heart center that morning. And I couldn't get rid of it the way that I normally get rid of it, resolve it. And the meditational process gave me an opportunity and the, the insight or the gift of seeing how to let go of that. It was a shift from expelling it from me to me going into it and coming out the other side. And just thinking that in your head sets up that energy in your body because your unconscious mind is listening to you all the time when you think, when you talk. And your unconscious mind is like all these computers in our life. Computers do not make judgments for us, do they? They do amazing things at very high speeds and things uh, that we have trouble doing ourselves, uh, either that fast or at all, they do things for us. But they don't decide what things they do for us. We decide what we want a computer to do. And so we're the one that thinks. We're the one that chooses. Okay? This is a way for us to 
get in touch with what we're thinking on our back burners, deep down, and our subconscious, unconscious. You can play with words here out of psychology and other other modalities. Um, I, I like the undertow or the karmic part of ourselves or the unconscious part of ourselves. The part of yourself that you've lost track of but is on autopilot. Your unconscious mind is, is a word that describes that part of yourself. This is an opportunity for us to get in touch with what's going on underneath, on the back burners, karmically, subconsciously, unconsciously. And in doing that, letting, allowing that, allowing, allowing that to emerge, to come up, because we let go of the way we normally need to feel in control internally in ourselves is what meditation really is. And these things come up. And if we stay in that loose modality, we ask more questions than deciding things, um, it leads us to the next point, the next thing we need to know, the next thing we need to do, uh, as I was illustrating here. And when you get into this track a little bit, you're going to, you know, observe yourself going, huh, well, that wasn't me. Like after an hour of that or half an hour of that, you're going to think to yourself, that's not how I normally do stuff. I wasn't doing that. Well, who was doing that? Your other voice says inside. Well, it was another part of me. It was your unconscious. It was uh, the, well, the unconscious part of you. Because the, you know, the, the, uh, the use of the word unconscious mind implies to people that your unconscious is like a room or a territory or a place you go, when really it's not. Your unconscious mind is your unconscious you, just as the conscious part of you that's listening to me talk, you don't have any problems with that. That's not a place. That's who you are. Well, your unconscious is who you are also. So... What you want to do is take some breaths and relax yourself, five or ten breaths, maybe 15, maybe 20, depends how early you are in the process, how unpracticed you are, how unskilled at connecting with your body, your unconscious, your emotions you are. But if you just use your breathing, the most powerful tool in your body is your breathing, to affect changes in you, in the physicality of yourself and the emotional and the mental part of yourself as well. If you just use that long enough, it will evoke the response that you need, that you want. And then you go down the line, like I've tried to illustrate, and you just allow yourself to shift. There are days when I think to myself, uh, you know, I am I done with this? And then I get distracted by a person who's going by who, who says good morning to me. And I always want to say good morning back to somebody because I want to, share positive energy. I want to get positive energy in the morning. So my observer goes, oh, you just got distracted. No, I didn't. I'll think to myself, I'll say hello and then I'll come back. And if there's nothing left to do there or I thought there was, but I come back and I don't have any other thing happening, then I'll think to myself, well, I'm done with that now. Okay. Or I might come up with a mantra. I often come up with mantras in my walking conscious meditations like... um, well, if I'm, if I'm uptight, I like that word, nice junk word. If I'm scared, mad, sad, or guilty, any of those flavors, 
I've been working on a life mantra uh, in the last couple of months as I'm relaunching myself into life. And I'm using a um, – uh, what do we call this? I, it might be called an acronym. I don't know if I have my, my vocabulary right. But okay. My life mantra is I am experiencing a heap of faith. And heap is H-E-A-P. And what that word stands for is every letter of, of, uh, of it stands for a word. So the H stands for healing. The uh, E stands for expansion. The uh, A stands for... God, I always lose this. And see, this is my conscious mind losing track of what I, I do. Your unconscious mind never loses track. Um, man... <laughs> it'll come to me it'll come to me um, it will come to me because I'll look it up how's that hang on with me and let me go into my phone that uh, go into my phone going into my phone stay with me going into my notes uh-huh. Here it is. Okay. I'm sorry. H stands for heal. The E stands for expand. The A, these are the two that I keep losing, abundance and prosperity. You know why? Because I haven't believed in abundance and prosperity on a personal level in this life. I'm just claiming it now for myself. I've been such a good doobie all my life, a good um, martyristic Doobie, I guess. I don't know. Um, so healing. Uh, I've even broken that down. My, my, my heal and heap is actually healing, restoration, restoring, and expanding. Uh, no, and transforming. Healing, restoring, and transforming. Healing, restoring, and transforming. Now, I've, I've spent like 15 minutes, 20 minutes with each one of these words and delving into my body and thinking about whatever my biological issues are, my health issues are, about what this word heal means and and the breakdown of it, okay? Um, and now, now all of that emotional energy and all that focus and mind intention is encapsulated into the word heal. And that's encapsulated into the H of H-E-A-P, and all I need to consciously remember is the acronym, if that's right, HEAP, H-E-A-P. It's all I got to remember because it stands for all those other pieces of the word HEAL. And then EXPAND is expansion versus contraction. Uh, I don't want my life to contract anymore. I want my life to expand for the rest of my life. Get bigger, spread out, get better, you see? And... The next part is abundance. Abundance is an internal state of being, like love is an internal state of being. You can feel abundant. And then prosperity is an external word. It really has to do with matter, like you're prospering in the world. It means you've got stuff, doesn't it? You have enough money, you have enough housing, you have enough stuff in your life. Prosperity. And that it doesn't wane. It is always more than enough. It's enough and more for you. Prosperity keeps building. 
And then, of course, the word faith for me, I have a north node in Pisces, uh, and faith is a Piscean word. Uh, and faith is believing in something, committing to something you can't be absolutely certain of. And isn't that true about a lot of things in life? So coming from um, a karmic place of the last 2,000 years where I keep expecting uh, the other shoe to drop, like all of us do, deep down underneath, we have this fear, we have this worry that when things are too good, well, you say it, it can't last, right? Yeah. Well, okay, so I'm, I'm not utterly 100% certain of things I can't prove, things I don't know uh, absolutely. Um, so faith is involved in that when you can't be certain. And it's an important part of life. Uh, if you live in faith, if you commit to believing in something, it creates a continuity of your selfness, of your energy with that. So faith is an important thing for me. It, it's a spiritual word. Uh, Pisces is a spiritual energy. So my acronym, my power mantra is a heap of faith. And I'm experiencing a heap of faith. I want a heap of faith. I'm spending the rest of my life in a heap of faith. And anytime I'm on my open-eyed driving or walking or uh, bicycling experiences, if there's an empty space after I've thought about this or the other things I've tried to illustrate a little bit here, and, and I just end up in an open space and I'm still there, I can... I come back to the power mantra and I, I just start saying I'm experiencing a heap of faith for the rest of my life. A heap of faith, a heap of faith. I'm experiencing a heap of faith for the rest of my life. That is a mantra in a meditational frame. You're focusing on one thing. And this one thing, I don't have to know what it all means because I've already built and attached all that depth and all those other feelings and all those other pieces into it with my consciousness before, and it's all boiled down into that phrase. And all I consciously need to focus on is the phrase. And my unconscious mind pulls up all those other pieces and works all those other pieces for me in that sense. So that's something I do. I'll focus on a mantra after I've done my inventory or, or observed my inventory, found out what my inventory is. And sometimes I go within an intention to, I want to meditate on something. I decide to meditate about something while I'm walking or I'm riding. That's okay too. You can decide with your conscious mind beforehand what you want to cover or, or choose to pay attention to. And you can choose to start with what you want to. As long as you do the breathing, shift yourself out of that focus point that we live in so much and get a little diffusional and get curious and looser and wondering, wandering and wondering, the approach to what you're doing inside yourself has that quality, that flavor. You work on getting yourself in that place and then boom, the next thing you know, an hour's gone by. For me, it's two hours every morning on a bicycle that I do this. Uh, it's two hours. Bam, it's gone. Uh, I'm, I'm always kind of amazed when I get done the ride um, that the time has flown that fast um, because all this stuff has been going on. It's a wonderful way to start your day, and it's, um, it's, a, 
it, it's a good way to begin to learn how to meditate if you haven't learned how to meditate. Doing closed eye meditation where you're completely removed from the environment, or not completely, you're mostly removed from the environment, and most of what's going on is internal with you or in your third eye and in your body, um, is... Um, I don't want to say harder, but it's different. It takes more practice. Um, maybe it is harder for most people than than the open-eyed uh, kind of meditation I have been talking about. Anyway, um, I heartily recommend playing with this because we are all in a time when it is important, most important for us, to be tuning in. We need to become more self-aware and we need to become more aware of what we're doing with the rest of the time we're here in this incarnation. Uh, we are in the, um, well, those of us over the hill, those of us who are in the golden years like me, um, we are in the payoff part of this lifetime of this incarnation. And even if you feel like you've made it, like there's nothing more to do and you're coasting or you're retired, whatever that means in life, um, we still have to have a, a purpose in life. We have to have a meaning in our life. We have to have a reason to get out of bed. Uh, it's important to care about something on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, because even if you have everything you ever need in life and you don't have to do a, another thing until you leave your body kind of thing, see, there's this hole that opens up. Yeah, so what? Well... You need something there. Uh, to not have a purpose is ultimately boring. And underneath of that, if there's something going on, the boring leads to getting in touch with discomfort, misery, um, things that are bothering you, um, which is good if it happens because if you tune into it, you can resolve it and you can let it go. Again, tuning in is the key here, tuning into yourself. And what we're really all being called on to to begin to create in our life is just that the last two parts of my uh, of my mantra abundance and prosperity. Our parents didn't really experience abundance and prosperity in the way that I'm talking about it because they lived in a time up until now this lifetime where the universe wasn't abundant, wasn't completely developed, wasn't mature. But I believe the, the universe and we are, together are arriving at our stage of maturity. So the world, the, the cosmos, and we as a group are capable, able to have enough and more than enough now. That's not really been true historically. It's just becoming true now. And now that it is true, it's... It's up to us. Uh, we need to create that, um, that experience of abundance within ourselves and embrace it. And in embracing our abundance, we will create prosperity outside of ourselves. Or, because it's a chicken and egg question, you'll work on the outside part of it, the prosperity, and create some more of that for yourself and get used to it. And then that will start creating the experience of abundance within yourself. But once you get rolling in that direction then it's going to feed on itself in a positive way like that just as the negative is rolled in, in the direction inside of us all these years, all this time, all these incarnations up until now. The, the 
thing I call karmic drag, karmic drag. And we're really being called on, whoever's listening into this with me, and it doesn't matter how old or young you are, even if you're in your 20s or your, your teens and you're listening to this, it's, it still applies to you in your life uh, overall. We are here now to literally create our reality, and our reality needs to be about abundance and prosperity because if three-quarters of the people around you in the world felt abundant inside of themselves, then they would also manifest prosperity outside of themselves on a personal level. And if three-quarters of the world felt abundant and prosperous, just think of the impact that would have on the amount of disease, uh, war, uh, stealing, uh, murder, uh, all the bad news that we see in the, like people who are happy aren't fighting with other people. People who are happy aren't greedy and needing to take something from somebody, right? Abundance and prosperity. It's time for us to own that we've gotten here and that we are mature and to embrace our power to create our personal life that way. And if we do that personally, it'll rub off on certain people, on enough people, on some people along the way, regardless of what you do in life, by proximity. And it will become, like we like to call on the Internet, viral at some point. And I think, I think we're at a place where 100 years from now, we're going to look back and go, wow, we are really different now than we were 100 years here right now. Uh, in lots of ways, a lot of rapid change um, can occur with self-awareness. And self-awareness is only achieved by turning inward. So meditate. Uh, learn how to meditate. Practice it. Uh, care about it. Care about it. And it will take care of you. That's my um, tip for the day or tip for the week. Um, <clears throat> I will be in Baltimore in May, from May 20th to May 20th, the evening of May 27th, and May 24th, uh, that's a Saturday, is the celebration of life in Baltimore for Linda Brady. Uh, and I look forward to all of you that I will see there, there, uh, there, then. Um, and uh, I will um, film, it will be filmed, and it will be available for viewing, or at least the ceremony part of it, uh, for anyone who's interested, uh, on my website, uh, on the podcast, um, at some point after the event occurs. Uh, so if you can't be there, please be there in spirit and know that you'll you'll have an opportunity to um, see what what goes on. Uh, and if you're going to be there and you're going to want to see me, be sure to get a hold of me now, anytime now. Uh, to make sure that you get an appointment time scheduled with me and you get the payment arranged for that so that we can all have a really good time together when it comes up. This is Michael Brady of Michael's Mission from Partners for Karmic Freedom, soon to be Karmic Freedom. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.